Support for this show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alts including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com WSJ. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. Hey, Future of Everything listeners. This episode is all about the science behind artificial breast milk. We're excited to share it with you. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. Send a note to foepodcast at wsj.com. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Megan Corcoran is a mom of two living in Carmel, New York, about 50 miles north of New York City. My oldest is five. And when was your youngest born? She was born April 24th. Oh, wow. So she's so young. Yeah, she's a baby baby. (laughs) (laughs) Even before she gave birth to her first daughter, Haley, Corcoran says she had gotten the message loud and clear. The best way to feed her baby was to breastfeed. And things initially went pretty smoothly. After Corcoran went home from the hospital and settled into life with a newborn, though, it surprised her how much work breastfeeding was. My experience is I felt like a dairy cow. So I would always kind of go like, moo, when I was attached to like my pump machine. But that's all I would do is either have a baby on me or I'd be on the machine pumping. And that was really stressful. When Corcoran went back to work after three months, she started to miss feeding times, which made her body produce less milk. So even though she had wanted to breastfeed her daughter for a year, she found that she simply couldn't. Breastfeeding can be time-consuming. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a baby will breastfeed about 8 to 12 times in 24 hours during the first months of life. And each feeding can last as long as 45 minutes. I gave her formula, and I remember just crying and being so distraught about that. Corcoran's breastfeeding experience is pretty common. According to the CDC, 83% of children in the U.S. are breastfed at some point. But at the one-year mark, the recommended breastfeeding duration per the U.S. dietary guidelines, the percentage of babies being breastfed drops to 38%. And so, many parents turn to formula, which, fun fact, often includes proteins from cow's milk. Today's formulas have vitamins, minerals, fats, and proteins, some of which are similar to those in human breast milk. But it's still not quite the same as breast milk. Long-term health studies have found that formula-fed babies are more likely to develop health conditions such as asthma, obesity, and even sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. What if there was a product out there that was closer to human breast milk and imparted some of the same health benefits to babies, but was available like formula? If my pediatrician was like, you know, we've done our research, we've seen that there are results here, like this is really good, I would certainly try it. From the Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Alex Osala. Today, we'll hear about three startups working to create products that more closely resemble human breast milk. If they succeed, they could transform how we feed babies in the future. Stay with us. Hello. 
I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. On a recent fall morning, I visited one of the biotech companies working on the future of nutrition. Hi, yes. Hi, nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I think you have your hands. Got all my gear. These were the offices of Helena, a startup working on making a component of human breast milk in the lab. Laura Katz is its founder and CEO. So what we do at Helena is we make bioactive human proteins. So proteins natively found in breast milk, but they're actually found throughout the human body. Protein is just one component of breast milk, which is surprisingly complex. Britt Goods is an engineering professor at Dartmouth College and studies the components of breast milk. Breast milk is a super complicated mixture of things. It has a ton of different components in it, so it's sort of the nutritional components that you would normally think of, like proteins, vitamins, minerals, lipids, all of those fats, like those things that we need for growth. But Goods says breast milk contains more than nutrition. It's got other elements key to a baby's developing immune system, such as bioactives. And, she says, breast milk is changing all the time. Factors like what a breastfeeding parent eats can change its composition. And it's responsive to a baby's health and nutritional needs. Breast milk is actually more of a living fluid than a a sort of static fluid. We know that breast milk can vary in terms of composition over the course of the day. Some of our work has shown that this can vary even over the course of years. Because of this complexity, most startups working on artificial breast milk aren't trying to make products exactly like human breast milk. At least, not immediately. Most, including Helena, are just looking to replicate a part of it. Helena's Laura Katz again. I don't believe we'll be able to capture everything in breast milk. Hopefully in our lifetime, but probably not. The scientific community doesn't know all of the things in there, and it's dynamic. Katz founded Helena in 2019, and the company has received more than $35 million in investment to date. The first protein it's working on is called lactoferrin. So the first protein that we're making, lactoferrin, is a fascinating protein. I like to say it's the most studied food ingredient you've never heard of. Lactoferrin is found in our bodies. It's also in breast milk. In babies, the protein has been associated with fewer infections and helping the development of their growing digestive systems. There are a number of clinical trials currently in the works that are assessing lactoferrin as an intervention for conditions ranging from COVID-19 in adults to neonatal sepsis. Dartmouth engineering professor Britt Goods says, yes, lactoferrin is a key component in breast milk, though she notes that infant growth and nutrition are so complex that it's hard to say whether any one factor can be attributed to improved outcomes or long-term health. There are already products containing bovine lactoferrin on the market, but according to the company, what sets Helena apart is that they're making a human form of the protein. They're doing it through a process called precision fermentation. Basically, it involves genetically engineering microorganisms, in this case, yeast, to produce a specific substance. Katz and her colleague, Chief Technology Officer Anthony Clark, gave me a tour of the lab to see how it all works. Step one, genetically engineer the yeast. So what we do at Helena is we grab 
yeast, which you can use to make alcohol in beer. You can use to make bread, but we're teaching it how to make proteins. And the proteins that a yeast is natively going to produce when we ferment it are yeast proteins, which are great, but not what we're interested in. So what we tell the yeast to do is make something human. After selecting only the best, most efficient strains of modified yeast, it's on to step two, make the yeast spit out the desired protein. So we have these big fermentation tanks. We throw the yeast in there. We throw all of the food that it needs. It's called media and it grows. It starts to spit the protein out. The fermentation tanks sort of look like little blenders running really fast. It takes a week for the yeast inside to do its thing. And after a few days of making this protein, we purify it using filters and different things to kind of, I think about it as like separating your spaghetti from the water. That's really kind of what these filters look like, just at a very small scale. And then we have this really pure protein. The pure protein is reddish pink in color. The same dusty rose, or millennial pink, echoed in the accents around Helena's office. With that in hand, it's on to step three, putting the protein in stuff so it can be consumed. Katz led me to a room where a big spray dryer was turning the lactoferrin protein into a powder. It kind of smells like cereal. Like milk, like, probably, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, a little sweet, yeah. Katz opened a nearby refrigerator stocked with new products in development. There were a few jars of pink gummies, and some clear plastic bottles caught my eye. They were filled with white and brown liquids labeled almond milk and coconut milk and chocolate. Honestly, they looked pretty tempting, like a shake I might pick up from my corner store. And maybe at some point, I could. Helena currently has a clinical study underway, assessing the effect of lactoferrin on the immune function of healthy adults. And we have them drinking a drink mix, and it's our lactoferrin mixed with several different things to make a mix, kind of like a crystallite package, so you pour it in, it dissolves in water. Why adults and not babies? Kat says the infant nutrition product is going to take a while longer. Of course, the company was started with the vision and the mission to bridge the gap between breast milk and infant formula. But we've realized in growing the business and making this protein the impact it can have from early life to end of life nutrition. So we are taking that and using it in drink mixes and gummies and all kinds of things where we think we could have a really important impact on human health. Other startups are figuring out different ways to make components of breast milk. They're using techniques that have never been done before. And some are relying on actual human cells to produce the milk in the lab. More after the break. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. When Layla Strickland had her first child in 2009, she came to a realization similar to Meg Corcoran, the mom of two we met earlier. Breastfeeding can be difficult. My 
background and training is in cell biology, and I was nearing the end of my postdoctoral fellowship when I became a mother and discovered how challenging the experience of trying to breastfeed a child can be.、Um, was pretty unprepared for those kinds of challenges. To better understand why, by her description, her body wasn't doing it well, Strickland started to dig into the research around lactation and found that. The field had not been adequately studied, but that there was a lot of reason to think that you could model a process of lactation outside the body, and if you could do that, then it would maybe make a product that you could feed to babies that would be more similar to breast milk than the infant formulas that I was finding myself needing to turn to in order to support my own child's growth. In 2020, she co-founded BioMilk, a company intending to create a product more similar to human breast milk. It's raised about twenty-five million dollars to date. Its investors include Breakthrough Energy Ventures, which was founded by Bill Gates. But making that product takes a lot of time and work. Early on, Strickland learned that mammary cells don't always work the same outside the body. I've had my mind blown by breast milk over the last three and a half or four years. It is mind-bogglingly complex. To make BioMilk's product, we just call it cell-cultured human milk. The company first built up a bank of mammary cells, and these cells all come from lactating women who donated samples of breast milk, which contains a lot of cells that you can then culture out. And so we built a cell bank with mammary cells from women of all backgrounds and all stages of lactation. And then we started working through those cells to see what are they capable of, what can they do. The banked cells are frozen until they're ready to be used. After scientists thaw the cells, they allow them to multiply and then place those cells in a bioreactor, a 3D environment in a lab that has everything those cells need to grow. BioMilk cells grow on a surface where they form what's called epithelial tissue. Epithelial cells create a lining, a barrier, really between compartments in the body. That's what we're after in our system as well: is for these mammary cells to sit down on this surface, attach to each other, attach to the thing they're growing on. And then form this lining. In the bioreactor, there are long, skinny tubes, almost like straws. The inside of each straw is filled with cell media, the stuff that feeds the cells. On the outside of the straw are the cells themselves. The milk product the cells secrete ends up circulating in the bioreactor and is extracted with a syringe. Strickland says the whole process, from thawing the sample to final product, takes about 30 days. What exactly is in that final product, and when might it come to market? Strickland can't say yet. Yeah, I would say it's in a very early stage of development. I have a lot of work to do to really hone in on what is that specification of molecules that we are making consistently every single time. I I would hope we would have at least the beginnings of this pipeline heading into market well before twenty thirty. Israel-based startup Wilk is also working on cell-cultured infant nutrition. Avital Beck is its CEO. What we are doing, and that's why it's super hard and it's deep science. We're taking a mammary tissue from women and we're culturing them in a lab, and we're actually biomimicking the the same physiological process that is happening. This is the same technology as the human body. Wilk has honed in on replicating the fats found in human breast milk. Earlier this year, Wilk closed a round of funding with two million dollars from French food company Danon. It's hoping to put a product on the market in 2027, but there's a lot of work to do before then. We are getting very good results, and we're growing. The main 
challenge is the upscale. So we do know how to develop fat in the lab. Now, how do you upscale it? And how do you upscale it in, in a way that will be financially available? To be clear, these startups say they are not looking to replace breast milk. They say they're looking to give parents a potentially better alternative to formula if they decide to stop breastfeeding. But before anything can hit the market in the U.S., it will need to meet the rules set by the Food and Drug Administration. Of course, there are frameworks for existing infant formulas, but products from Helena, Biomilk, and Wilk may need different ones. Strickland says the regulations for Biomilk cell-cultured milk don't yet exist. An FDA spokesperson said that the agency is ready to work with firms to support innovation in human foods and encourages firms to have conversations with them often and early in their product and process development phase. Both Helena's Laura Katz and Biomilk's Layla Strickland say they intend to rigorously assess the safety of their products as well as their long-term health effects. Katz says she plans to run many clinical trials in the future. We are building this company on a lot of integrity. We don't want to say something about this protein that we can't back up with real science. And if we want to have an impact on different types of populations, children, infants, elderly, athletes, women, we need to do the studies to support that. And we can't do them all at once. Strickland says Biomilk is developing protocols to test its cell-cultured milk on lab-based models, animals, and in healthy adults, all before it passes a baby's lips. And so really developing that safety profile first. And then you start going into trials in babies because you want to be able to really say, like, does this thing do the thing that we want it to do? Does it actually work? Both Katz and Strickland also say that it's important that their products be affordable enough to be within reach for many parents. If we look at the market today for infant formula, there's one formula in the U.S. with lactoferrin, the cow's milk lactoferrin, and it's one of the most expensive in the country. Lactoferrin is incredibly important for infant nutrition, and we're not going to be able to get this protein or anything else into products without a cost that can match. Actually, there are a few formulas out there that include lactoferrin these days, and they can be pricey. While most popular powder infant formulas cost anywhere from 50 cents an ounce to well over a dollar per ounce, depending on the store, Enfamil Inspire Optimum, one of the formulas that contains lactoferrin, costs over $2 per ounce. Though no artificial breast milk products are available yet, Casey Rosen Carroll, the chief of breastfeeding and lactation medicine at the University of Rochester, told me parents are already starting to ask for them. But she said she'd be hesitant to recommend one until she saw long-term studies about the health effects compared to formula and breast milk. Others are skeptical of the whole enterprise. Thinking of breast milk only as a product that can be grown in labs is going to contribute equivalent benefits as breastfeeding is absolutely false as we speak. And... I just don't think that, at least in my lifetime, that it will ever happen. That's Rafael Perez Escamilla, a professor of public health at the Yale School of Public Health. Earlier this year, Perez Escamilla co-authored a series of articles in the scientific journal The Lancet. One of the biggest conclusions was that the marketing of infant formula got in the way of parents who might have otherwise breastfed. Pharmaceutical company Perigo, which on its website says it's the third largest formula maker in the U.S. and Canada, said via a spokesman that it is not working on artificial breast milk at this time. 
As for other big formula makers, Abbott declined to comment, and Nestle did not respond to requests for comment. So what does the future of infant nutrition look like? Getting to a product that can imitate the complexity of human breast milk is going to come in steps. That is, if it's possible at all. The first step to getting there may be adult nutrition. Helena's Laura Katz says her company is working on those products now, with the goal of putting something on the market next year. She plans to use that revenue to support the development of infant nutrition products. Infant formula is something we're working on. It just takes a longer time to get to market because there's a few more tests you have to do. You have to run a clinical study in infants, and we are currently working on that, but we just can't get to market as quickly in infant as we can in these other applications. In the next few years, Helena and Biomilk plan to make infant nutrition products that contain parts of human breast milk not currently found in formula. And so what we believe the best way forward to move infant formula closer to breast milk is to make solutions that can be useful to the population as opposed to the individual, knowing that there's always going to be a personal piece of what your breast milk looks like. Biomilk's Layla Strickland says she wants these infant nutrition products to feed into her larger goal, to create a product that gets even closer to the full complexity of human breast milk. From a commercialization standpoint, we've had to kind of start to think about like, okay, what are the product opportunities? And so what that has started to look like for us is almost a pipeline of products that we think will be, you know, not a complete food for your baby, but that will bring things into infant formulas and early life nutrition products that you can't get anywhere else. And that's the business that we'll build to support the work towards this whole human milk product. If all goes well, she says, she anticipates that her company's work will benefit baby's health in the long term, and that new parents will be able to feel confident in making choices that are right for them. I know how important it it is when you're thinking about what am I going to feed my baby? Any parent should be able to go to their pediatrician and say, what do you think of this? Is this okay? Like, is this a good idea? And we want the pediatrician to be able to look at the science and look at the evidence that we've generated and say, this looks amazing. The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie Ilgenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. This episode was produced by me, Alex Osala. Our fact checker is Aparna Nathan. Michael Laval and Jessica Fenton are our sound designers and wrote our theme music. Catherine Millsop is our supervising producer. Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Salloway and Chris Zinsley are the deputy editors. And Falana Patterson is the head of news audio for The Wall Street Journal. Like the show, tell your friends, and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.